0: That is hashtag 30-something when you start to be like, ah, there's too many humans there. Like, yeah, I don't want it's, to go. it's too people-y out here.
1: Welcome back to the next episode of your BFF podcast. I'm Mel and I'm Casey and we're about to become your best, your best fucking, fucking friends. friends. Man, we got one more, right? That's it.
0: I no! know that it is it. This is the second this to last
1: so one. Sad. Oh, I don't yeah. like it. Okay. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I we are broadcasting live from the heat wave uh that's hitting the <laughs> country and I am I am in a kiddie pool right now with a margarita in my hands. <laughs> oh, I
0: wish, I wish. I was. that's how we should have recorded this podcast.
1: <laughs> God have mercy on my soul. I cannot handle this heat. I was not made for this. I need to move.
0: <laughs> it's it's tough. Like it, it's it's hot here in Florida, and really, like I'm thinking about later going over to my parents because they live right on the beach, and even just getting Ooh. closer to the beach, like there's then this ocean breeze. Yes. That, I, I just don't have. And so it's like some some little break from the heat, anything. I just need to breathe. Girl, I'm about to come to your parents' house. You kidding me?
1: <laughs> have mercy. I just – I feel like Uncle Jesse over here, but I'm – I'm dying. Um, like part of my my autoimmune condition, it seems like I am greatly affected by extreme cold or extreme heat. And so the last few days, I kind of – like I had all these – Big intentions of getting so many things done. And girl, let me tell you, on Saturday, um, my husband dragged me out of the house. We went and saw the new Spider-Man movie. But when I came home, I literally just passed out. And I did not wake up until 8 o'clock. Yep. <laughs> so it has been one of those those weekends where I truly like got nothing done, like literally nothing. So now I'm trying to kind of play catch up all while my uh, writing workshop begins today. (laughs) Oh, that's exciting. Very exciting. I'm super excited about it. I will be more excited when I can get myself kind of at least somewhat caught up. I'm not I'm under no disillusions that I will be totally caught up. But Getting a few things accomplished, Um, but what about you? What have you been doing the last few
0: days? Uh, So it's funny. I feel like your weekend was like my Thursday. I think it was last Thursday. Last week was ended up being a hectic week for me, and that I'm constantly guilty of like booking things out far in advance because you know as you get older, like sometimes that's what it takes in order to even just arrange like you know a get together with a couple like friends. It's like, oh, okay, we'll look at calendars and it's a month and a half. So you put it on the calendar and then you don't want to change it because, you know, it took so long to even find a date that worked for everybody. But something about last week, I think I had some kind of social or evening commitment every day of the week. And they all involved, you know, a cocktail or two. They weren't like large drinking activities, but everything, you know, was then drinking. So Thursday morning my alarm went off to go to the gym and I was just like nope 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 I can't do this I need to sleep I went back to sleep and I think I slept until like 8 45 which is late for me and then I still laid in bed I don't think I got out of bed till 9 15 9 30 and I think I I mean I was just run down like run down and exhausted and then I had all the kind of you know, guilt of, oh my God, I've wasted the day and all this stuff to catch up on. But um, I did end up having a super productive day yesterday, which I guess makes up for my super lazy Sunday the week before. (laughs) Um, So I sat and I just like, I kind of banged everything out and got caught up. So I, I started this week feeling better, but um, yeah, I haven't really, I, I, I can't say I've done anything exciting. We went and saw Lion King um which was really funny it was funny there was like a big concert here in jacksonville the rolling stones were here and so like the majority of the city was there and me and my boyfriend went to lion king
1: (laughs) honestly that yes
0: that's exactly what i would do (laughs) yeah i was like um this is how we know we're old and no longer hip
1: (laughs) right like you can keep those crowds i'm gonna go to the movies
0: (laughs) yep exactly Oh, Also, was the concert like indoors or outdoors? It was outdoors. It was nope. in, a, in the stadium. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be months ago, but then Mick Jagger had some kind of a health issue, and so then they had to reschedule it. And so I feel a little bit bad for everybody who bought tickets, because I feel like the original concert was supposed to be in, I don't know, some month that it would have probably been lovely weather, like March or April, and right. then it got pushed back to oh, July.
1: Gosh, Oh, uh, no, thank you. Oh, that sounds yeah. terrible.
0: Yeah. Supposedly it was a great show, though. People had a blast and had all these great things to say. But I will also say that Lion King was fantastic as well. Um, that was like one of my favorite Disney movies growing up as a kid. So yeah. it was really cool to see how they did it in like the, you know, quote unquote, live version or whatever.
1: I am so pumped about seeing it. That's not that's not that's the next on my list. I always like wait like a week or two just for the, the crowd to kind of
0: yeah. die down. But um. Yeah. Can you tell? I hate crowds. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, that really is like about that one.
0: That is hashtag thirty something. When you start to be like, ah, there's too many humans there. Like, yeah. I don't want it's to go. it's too people-y out here.
1: Have you seen the trailer for the new Cats movie?
0: Yes. Okay. So I saw that. I heard people talking about it on the radio, and I'm like, what is like, what is this? And it was not like positive talk about no. the code, But I hadn't seen no. it. And then it was one of the previews at Lion King. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is one of the, like, just leave it as a play. It's great yeah. as a play. Like, there's no need to try and turn it into a movie. Oh, it's, it's weird. Oh, it's
1: such a bad idea. And I, I don't know. When I first heard about it, I was like, oh, I mean, okay, maybe. That preview, I was like,
0: nope, y'all need to throw that whole thing out. Just throw it no. all out. <laughs> we, it all just we never me saw of, it. do you see the movie The Island of Dr. Moreau? Uh-uh. Okay, so that's like an older movie. Um, I can't even remember the main person that was in it. I want to say Val Kilmer, but that's a total guess. I haven't seen it in a million years. But it was some weird movie about this guy on this island or something that was um, like crossbreeding humans with animals. And it just – if you even just like Google that movie, like the images that I remember looked very much like that cat's trailer.
1: Oh, my God. Well, Ooh, it's just real bad. I don't know. Like, I can't explain it, but it, it literally made me feel uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it was weird. It was very weird. It's
1: very strange. And this morning, um, while I was drinking my coffee, I saw the preview for the new Mr. Rogers movie that's coming out Thanksgiving with uh, Tom Hanks
0: as Mr. Rogers. Oh, I have not Gosh. seen that. I didn't even know that was happening.
1: Oh, I will. I was like, why am I so emotional? This is, is the I love all happening? things
0: Tom Hanks. So right? I do, too. That, yeah.
1: I do, too. And honestly, he he's such a good person, I feel like, to play Mr. Rogers. But I think it's just also the timing of the movie when it's coming out, I feel is just so good. And like, the world, we just need Mr. Rogers in our lives we- again. So <laughs> We do. Oh. <sighs> Man, we
0: definitely do.
1: Well, if you want to make your eyes leak, definitely go watch that trailer because, uh, it will do that. Perfect. So, um, well, speaking of Mr. Rogers, something that he always, I feel like preached was that we were good enough and we were worthy just as we are. And I think that was one of the things that struck everybody about Mr. Rogers. Um, Mm -hmm. and, so that brings me to one of the first things I wanted to talk about with you today was the journal prompt from the other day where you ask point blank, which is I mean, <laughs> this is a heavy question. Do you think that you're enough and, you know, enough to be the person that you want to be and do the things that you want to do? And if not, what do you think you need to do to be that person? Um, so
0: what was your answer to this? <laughs> so my answer is... Um, it's kind of tricky because here's, here's what I've realized about myself. And I think this is true for a lot of people. There's like a difference between like believing something, hoping for something, knowing something intellectually, and then like knowing something like just like in your body and soul, like Mm -hmm. really knowing it. And, and I think they're like varying levels. And so I, it's like intellectually I know and believe that I am enough to do whatever it is that I want to do and to accomplish whatever it is that I want to accomplish and it all comes down to decisions I make of you know how hard I work at something and and but ultimately like I still struggle with like not doubting that so like really knowing on that kind of soul physical level like mm-hmm. no doubting knowing that so it's like i do know i'm enough but i don't know i'm enough if that makes sense or yes. i do know it but i sometimes i question it or doubt it or or don't believe it and i think that um that that's just kind of like one of the stages and i think the goal is to reach that point where you just a hundred percent no doubts feel it in your bones like know that you can accomplish something so yes i feel like i'm I'm like kind of there but not there.
1: I felt like my answer was also kind of a yes but answer. <laughs> um because it's like I I know logically like you said like that I have everything I need and I really am everything I need to do the things I want to do, but I have to have the the courage to just be unapologetically myself and to unapologetically know that I'm enough and that I can do these things. And that's where I struggle is the, the courage part
0: um, Mm -hmm.
1: of, I guess, truly allowing myself to be vulnerable in that way. So that there's, that's where I'm at too.
0: The yes, but uh, yeah. And I think, I think the, the issue there for both of us and probably a lot of people is really knowing that and believing it to your core means removing like all the fears and insecurities. And that's not an easy process. Like that is a whole like unlayering process of some like deep rooted insecurities and deep rooted fears. And so it's understandable that, that they exist and that they kind of play a role in what we believe about ourselves. So I think also, it it, and I realize this is a common theme, it's like it always comes back to understanding that everything is a process, and like being okay with where you are in that process, both in the process of trying to accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish, but also in the process of trying to really 100% believe in yourself and know that you are enough, and And that is, again, something that I realize on an intellectual level. Everything is a process. And so you are where you are and and that's only where you'll be in that moment and just kind of focus on moving forward but accept where you are. But at the same time, like living that on a day-to-day basis, I then struggle with like being okay with that.
1: Yes. Well, and something else I was thinking about, um, the fact that when we truly accept, okay, okay. I'm enough. I'm a badass. I can do all things, you know. But when we do accept that, I think a lot of times, especially women, I hate to I hate to go into the like the the gender issue, but like I think especially with women, we were we were raised in a way that you know if that was almost cocky and and it was not ladylike to mm-hmm. to do that. You know what I mean? Like it was not ladylike to to be like, Oh, pff, no, I deserve this, man. I, I, I have worked for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna achieve this, whatever. That was not a ladylike thing. That was a thing that they raised the boys to do, but not so much us.
0: Exactly. And it's so funny. I just had this one of the so one of the commitments I had last week was a um, a book club, a, a book club I had chosen to read my book, and they were local. So I went and, and was part of the discussion. Awesome. And we got into this conversation of, of, of girls young girls a lot of them had daughters and like how do you raise them to be more confident and more self-assured of who they are and you know it's we didn't come up with an answer I wish we had but you know we, we realized it's it's so ingrained in us that you know had a lot of times like if we were to be that confident version of ourselves that unapologetic version we've kind of been told then you're a bitch yes Whereas, yeah, so it's like we've, it's not just that it wasn't instilled in us. It was almost like instilled in us that it was negative to be that way. So that's like an extra hurdle to overcome.
1: Absolutely. And so now we're trying to kind of overcorrect on this side, you know, and so it's, it's, it's very easy for us to, I think, get into that, oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough or whatever, or to refuse to believe in ourselves because we feel
0: that somehow that's a bad thing. Um, exactly, and that's where like there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Like you can be yes. confident and not be arrogant. And I think it's more arrogance that can fall in that category of of bitchy, but we're we're still allowed to be confident. Everyone is, but we we struggle with that and i think it's for a myriad of reasons
1: yes i feel i think i've referred to this specific interview before but um jay shetty interviewed K- chrissy metz on his podcast and basically the way she kind of put it i felt like was just oh it just it just hit me like a ton of bricks but she said that you know she realized she had to learn to, she had to come to realize that she was worthy you know, if she, you know, if she had put in the work, if she had done, you know, all these things that she was worthy, but that did not entitle her to whatever it was she was trying to achieve. You know, she might mm-hmm. be perfectly deserving of that role that she's auditioning for, but it doesn't mean she'll get it. And so that I think that like that showed how you can be confident and you can believe in yourself, you can know that you're worthy, but also know that you still might not be the best person in the room for that job for that role for that whatever.
0: Yes, I love that. And and I also want to point out that this applies not just to like accomplishing things like in our right. life, but also like relationships, like to know that you are you are worthy to be happy. You are like worthy of love. You're worthy of friendship, like you're worthy of support. All of all of those things. And this kind of ties back to what we were talking about in the episode last week, that for the longest time, for whatever reason, like I didn't think that I was worthy of love in the sense of like being put first. And so I think this this struggle with thinking that we are enough and thinking that or knowing that we are enough and knowing that we are worthy, like bleeds into all areas of our lives. Absolutely. It does.
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, Yes, because I think we all have struggled at least at some point with that feeling of I I don't deserve this great thing that's happening for me
0: because I don't feel that I I am enough for that. Exactly, exactly. We diminish even we sometimes didn't even diminish our accomplishments yes. and we kind of pass it off as uh, I'm not really worthy of all the maybe, you know, praise and kudos that come along with this. Mm-hmm. Like I've 100 percent done that in my life. I talk about that. In the book, like when I ran the full marathon and, you know, for some reason, I just thought it wasn't like that big of a deal. Like I completely diminished it and really didn't think that I deserved kind of the support that I got through that process, which is just weird. Like it's insane. It doesn't make any sense, but we all do that.
1: Oh yeah, we do. I mean, I still feel like, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how to stop it. You know, it's one of those things where I like I acknowledge it and I'm self-aware enough to realize, okay, this is definitely a thing that I'm I'm doing and I'm contributing to these, to this thought process that I'm not enough, but I don't know how to, how to stop it and reverse it. Um, So I don't know if, do you have any, any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. I I don't, I mean, I, I still struggle with it too so I you know I don't really know how to stop it but I imagine it's it kind of goes along with with any change we make in our life and especially in terms of mindset changes which are especially difficult because they kind of take a different type of work so I think step one is always like awareness so if you're aware of it like you've got to catch yourself thinking those things thoughts, like, right. first and foremost. And I think that awareness can kind of create like a little bit of space between you and those thoughts. And then I think you try and put in those space almost like um, the the girl from the, who, who wrote in last week and said, every time she catches herself saying something negative, then she she then counters it with some positive things, right? Like, I think something like that could, could really work. And so, you know to maybe maybe it's in affirmation form before you go to bed or first thing you do when you wake up in the morning you know is that you you say things like i deserve you know to be happy i deserve to be fulfilled i am enough like i am worthy of you know x y z and kind of have your list and and maybe we can rewire our brain a little bit that way right
1: well, and and another thing you know again kind of going back to uh that Chrissy Metz interview you know something that like, I think she kind of did was, you know, when she was thinking about these things that she wanted, um, uh, whatever that was, it was kind of a thought process of, well, why not me? You know, well, I mean, it, it could be anyone, but why not me? So why not try anyways? Why not put myself out there anyways? And, and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I, I, <laughs> I have to be honest that last night I, I, found myself applying for a job that I never would have had the probably the courage to do before. And I even still am like, instantly, I was like, you're never going to get this. You're insane for even trying. But then I was like, why not me? Like, why not just, what do I have to lose by sitting here, putting together my resume, my cover letter, all this stuff? What do I literally have to lose from that? A, A couple hours
0: maybe that I've put into this? Like, okay. Exactly. And so if you apply for it and you don't get it, you're in the same scenario than had you never applied for it. Exactly. Like you don't, you don't have the job. So exactly. the only reason we don't do it, or one of the reasons we don't do it is because we then like, we're attaching all these other assumptions to not getting the job. we use that as like evidence to make the case. You were trying to make the case to yourself to not even apply. Like you're not good enough. You don't have what it takes, but it's like, that's all a mind game. We're just playing with ourselves. Like it's not, personal if you don't get the job it just it doesn't mean that you're not worthy of the job it just means that that job was for somebody else like absolutely. somebody else was better equipped for that job that doesn't mean you couldn't do it it was just not yours absolutely or
1: it could mean that you don't live in the right city yeah <laughs>
0: That could also be. They might see your address and think, oh, relocation package. Absolutely not. (laughs) Probably not going to happen. But thanks for playing. Yeah. Um,
1: Another thing that I wanted to discuss today, because I think this is something we definitely all deal with, is stress and how do we Mm. handle stress? Um, In one of your prompts, you asked, you know, when you're stressed or upset, how do you handle it? Do you reach out to people or do you kind of manage on your own, push people away? Um, And what would it look like if you handled it differently? Um, I think we all have probably unhealthy ways of dealing with stress, not necessarily Mm -hmm. all the time, but we all have our patterns, right? Our things that we do. Um, For me, I definitely like I shut down. If I am stressed, Uh, I go into overwhelmed mode and I'm like, okay, so let me not do any of this. And I'm going to go pull the covers over my head and I'm going to just make this worse because all I'm doing is delaying the inevitable. (laughs) (laughs) So that is my, my version of how I deal with stress. How do you deal with stress?
0: Well, you know what though is, is that necessarily like a bad thing? Like maybe, maybe it's okay that you, you, take a couple hours and just relax before you decide to process it. Like, I would argue that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe that's just part of your process and that's okay. Well, the only (laughs) thing about that is that I don't necessarily just do it for a
1: couple hours. Like, it might Uh, be a long period of time. So when you're looking at, like, maybe something with a deadline, that's when it's bad. It's not necessarily bad in and of itself, but how I do it is not good. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I love this topic because I, I especially love the, the journal prompt in combination with the video that, that was sent out that day, which is, um, Kelly McGonigal's Ted talk on stress. And she talks about kind of the, the biologic components of what happens in our body during stress and different like hormones that are released and stuff. And one of the hormones is oxytocin, which I thought was really interesting. And it's, you know, oxytocin is essentially wants we, we then crave closeness with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So like when we're stressed, we our body is releasing this hormone that that wants to be around other people like wants that closeness yet the majority of us do the exact opposite Mm -hmm. and we instead push people away. At least that's how I've always handled it. And I'm trying to be better about it because I'm very aware of that about myself, but, but I still struggle. And I think the reason is like, when I'm stressed out or upset about something, I get very much in my head about it. Not necessarily like running in circles, but more trying to process it myself. And it's like, it's not until I've processed it, but sometimes that takes days or weeks that then I feel comfortable sharing my feelings and my thoughts and my fears with somebody else. Mm -hmm. If I try and do it, like during that process, I found that I then just get frustrated with myself that I can't Properly articulate it to whoever I'm talking to. And I can't articulate it because I haven't fully worked through it in my own mind. And I don't, I honestly, I do not know if that is a good thing or a bad thing because I found, you know, when I try and talk to somebody kind of in the moment of it and I talk it out, I usually do feel better. But I think it depends on that. The other person's reaction. Like if they're, if they're asking questions and leading the conversation in a way that is helping me work it out, then I feel better talking about it. But if they're asking me questions that I'll only know after I've processed it all, like almost more like answers to things, then I get even more flustered. So, you know, I think for me, I, I, I feel this need to like process things first before I'm comfortable sharing them. Or if I'm going to share them in process, I need it to be with somebody that I know is going to kind of sit in that process with me, not kind of at the end, like asking me for all the answers. Right. Yes, exactly.
1: Um, knowing who you can, knowing who can be that person for you is definitely very, very important. And, I, you know, I realize if I were to ask for that, like, for that help, that I feel like more often than not, I would probably end up feeling less overwhelmed, whether that's because that person, you know, offered to help me as far as, like, delegating some stuff, like, like, hey, let me, like, take this off your plate so you can focus on this or whatever, Um, or just listening and you know, me talking through the process of, okay, this is what I have to get done. This is why I have to do it. This is when I have to do it. And then I will just naturally start to feel better because I've yep. executed a plan in my mind. You know, normally I think I would probably feel better, but again, it's finding that right person because some people might look at that and be like, oh yeah, I don't know how you're ever going to get that done. Well, thanks for the help, but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Get the, get the fuck and then that here. doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to yeah. my Queer Eye marathon. Thanks for nothing.
0: I think that it's true. I think kind of the who we choose to talk to when we're upset or stressed out about something plays a big role. And and that kind of goes back to several conversations we've had about like, what is our role, especially like as, as friends, because I know that I have certain friends that will be really good at, like kind of shifting a perspective for me and almost Mm -hmm. like pointing out when I'm being too hard on myself and like encourage me to be nicer to myself. And so like, that's a great type of friend um, to help you work through something like when you're feeling stressed out, or to your point, like maybe you have a friend that is really good at being like, okay, let's take this huge task that you feel like you have. And let's figure out how we can break it down into like, you know, bite sizes that are more manageable. And so Mm -hmm. then that's a that's a great person to talk to. So I think maybe ultimately it comes down to awareness of our own reactions to certain type of feedback and then kind of awareness of the different types of relationships we have and what relationship will be best in what scenario. Absolutely. I fully
1: agree with that. Um, And, you know, I've realized I'm – I am really good at being that friend, the one that's like, okay – here we go let's draw it out you know and, and like list all the steps um, even as little as they may be I'm really good at doing that for other people but I suck at doing it for myself
0: yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden I'm like funny. I forgot I... how
1: to do anything oh my god <laughs>
0: yeah I'm really good at playing like devil's advocate and, and thinking about other perspectives for other people but not so much for myself for myself then I only see like my perspective yeah and that's
1: so weird that we can do that for everyone else but not for ourselves well, I think we're too close to it. Yeah. Like, we're
0: just, we're too close to all of our own issues, which is why therapy can be so important and which is why journaling can be so important because you're at least creating some separation and putting it on paper. And which is why, you know, friendships and all our different relationships are so valuable because they aren't as close to all of our shit as we are. So they're always going to be able to like shed a different light on it.
1: That's very true. Well, okay. So, speaking of our shit, (laughs) let's talk a little bit about uh, our habits and that we maybe we don't know where they came from um, or uh, in what ways we might be living our life that we've not ever really necessarily sat down to think about. Okay. This is why I did it. Um, And, you know, what beliefs may have been passed down to us rather than us being like, this is exactly how I want to live my life. Um, I loved this prompt so much because I think our environment definitely can affect our our behavior.
0: So much. That's, that's why I love this topic because if anything, my hope is that it just helps open people's minds a little bit because, you know, we grow up in a certain environment, like our own little world and all those things become our norms. I mean, Mm -hmm. from like little habits to like bigger belief systems, like that's our world, but there are so many different types of worlds. And like, I, this is always very, has always been like very apparent to me because I, uh, my mother was in, like her career was in the nonprofit sector for a long time. And so like my first job as like a, as a young teenager was, um, kind of a camp counselor in this like underprivileged community. And then that's always like stuck with me. And so I still, I volunteer for big brothers, big sisters. And then right now I go every week into the juvenile detention center and help talk to like some of the girls that are in there. And so it's just, it's mind blowing to kind of spend a little bit of time in somebody else's world and hear like what their norms are and like what their thought processes are and what their beliefs are, which are a product of a very different environment than what I grew up in. So it just, it kind of begs the question of what is really, what really fits you? Like what is really yours? And it's like, you kind of were given this one set, but if you had the ability to see all the options, like what would you choose? Right.
1: I... I love this one because it was funny. I I was literally having a conversation kind of about something with this that same day where, and this is like a super small thing, but I I was able to kind of trace it back to, okay, this is why we do this. Um, So I get what my husband calls the three bar jitters with my car. So when I, when my gas is down to three bars, I'm like, oh no, 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 nope. Got to get gas right this second because I might run out. You just never know. Uh, might be sitting in traffic and and then I can't get to it I don't know what to do I gotta go right now uh and so i my my mom was present at the time and and uh and my mom and dad and my dad was like oh that's what she does too I never realized that that was a thing she did but um you know I also i i'm a big I'm big into lists like majorly detailed lists, even for things that I just do on a daily basis. That's another thing that I do. I'm big on making my meal plans every week. Um, And like, and I'm also somebody that I, I clean my house almost a little obsessively um, because I'm always, especially as with my, with my health issues, I don't know if I'm going to feel good enough, you know, tomorrow to do it and then I know okay my house is clean my affairs are in order my ducks are in a row at least on the surface and you know so um I realized that you know that is something these these kinds of things are things that my my mom definitely instilled in me because it's like a she's like a doomsday prepper but not like that like not like to the furthest degree, but like she kind of is always preparing for the next, for that shoe to drop. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so she feels like is, is if she goes into each day prepared, the house is clean, the gas tank is full, all this stuff that she's got her shit ready to go. Um, And I think that kind of
0: (laughs) fell out on me. (laughs) Right. Well, I think, I mean, it makes sense. Like we're so impressionable as children. And so you, you witness life like through your your parents and your family and your immediate world and then that's that's all what becomes your norm and so like for me like I will wash my face like remove my makeup and wash my face every night like with face wash because I remember watching my mother as a kid she had this whole weird face routine where she would like splash all this water and I think she used like Erno Laszlo soap and she would do these weird little squats as she was like um, washing her face, but it's like it. I just learned like you wash your face at night, that's what you do. And so then I remember in college, or like when you start to your first experience kind of outside of your immediate world, you're like, Oh, what? Like you sleep in your makeup, like you don't wash your face. Like I was just like, I it, it blew my mind. I'm like, How can that be? Like, this is what everybody does, and that's the point. Like, what you do is not what everybody does, and right. so that means there's options. So if there's options then it may be time to like question some of our habits and make sure that's really the way we want to be living, not just because we thought that was the way everybody does it. Right.
1: Well and I with just within the last I guess really the last year, I've relaxed a lot on my at least on my my cleaning processes. I think I was driving my husband crazy. Um so I I legitimately had a list, a weekly cleaning list, a monthly cleaning list. It was it was borderline like I said. It was borderline a little <laughs> obsessive. And so um I realized like I think there was one week where I truly just didn't feel well enough to do it. And so when I got to the end of that next week, I was like, "Oh, My house still looks clean. What is this? I didn't have to work for this. Okay. And so now I am a lot more relaxed about how I handle it because I realize I'm still yielding the same results. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but it's funny because like I'll be like somebody will come over and I haven't had a chance to do like all my my cleaning list and process and and I'm like oh my god I'm so sorry my house is a mess and they're like what what <laughs> yeah <laughs> what are you talking about man you're you crazy um, but it is it's 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 all about what we've what we've been raised with and these these processes that we've been taught like even just subconsciously because I never thought about some of this stuff like the thing with the gas I never remember noticing that with my mom but somehow that yep.
0: managed to seep into my brain oh yeah it, exactly it, it exactly it goes from little things like that to like at what point you decide yep I've got to get gas like I will run till the light is on all the way up to like much much bigger topics of like how we view the world and like, you know, we don't have to get into religion because I know it's a very touchy subject, but like I was raised Catholic and I got confirmed in eighth grade, like in eighth grade, I was deciding like what my belief systems are like, that's very young. And so it's kind of like these things are just taught to us and passed down to us. And I think a lot of times we don't ever stop and question if we're really on board. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or what really makes the most sense to us?
1: Is there anything that you you know that you that you find that you do that you're not really sure where that came from? Like you can't acknowledge, like you can't find a connection with like your family or anything like that. Just something that maybe you
0: you kind of picked up on somewhere else. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think most things I can usually find an origin except I guess two. So like my love of watching the sunrise, like I, I do not know where that came from. Okay, um, That's pretty unique to me in terms of my, my family and it's not something we did. So I don't know why I love that so much. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on kind of a, a bigger level, like I I'm pro I've got to be like the, the deepest thinker, at least in my immediate family. So I can be very, obviously, like philosophical and analytical and kind of want to dig into these deep topics. And I don't know where that came from, either, because we didn't grow up, you know, having a lot of these big philosophical discussions. So and, you know, my sister jokes that she's like, I'm just not as deep a thinker of you, which is fine. Like, it's everyone's different. But I don't really know I don't really know where that came from.
1: Yeah, it's, it's see for me like my love of 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 writing uh, that's another thing. Like I writing and music have always been a big thing for me, and that is not the case in my immediate family or even like with my my uncles and and that sort of thing. So I never have known where where does this come from? Like I mm-hmm. have this desire to reach out to people and that is not a thing that necessarily is, it's not like a, something that's been ingrained in me from my family. You Um know, I guess, I don't know. It's at least not in that kind of capacity. My grandmother has always been the type of person that truly opens her doors to absolutely everyone. She's got, Probably the biggest heart of anyone that I know. You don't have a place to stay. You have Granny. Like no matter what, like she will be your granny. If she met you, Casey, she'd be like, "Okay, I'm gonna be your granny now." And that's just that's just the way she does things. That's how she does life. <laughs> She's <laughs> adopts all these people, and. In some cases, in most cases, I would say that that has always been a positive thing. But there have been people that have taken advantage of her, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does have that heart to to be there for people. And I guess maybe that's kind of what I'm trying to do with, with my writing or with my podcast. And even though I'm not necessarily being like, hey, come stay at my house, you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I am opening up my door in a
0: maybe a different way, <laughs> right? And I think that's what's so interesting, or at least that's, I think that's kind of the 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 fun quest to go on, I guess, is to figure yeah. out in terms of your habits and like what you enjoy doing and the way you live your life, like what is unique to you versus what has kind of just been passed down to you or what you've learned along the way and then question those things and see is there an answer in there that feels more like you like I think that's how we really show up in this world as ourselves is figuring out like what are our unique traits and interests and strengths and and habits and then what what has we've kind of just gone along with the collective and then maybe are there ways we could make some of those things more ours?
1: Yes, 100%. Um, something else I wanted to talk about today was the prompt that addresses closure uh, because I've got a lot of friends that are dealing with with this on some level. Um, so the prompt said, think of a failed relationship that you don't feel like you got proper closure to. What do you want or need to say to that person to get the closure and why. Um, so my my feeling on closure, it's evolved over the years because I definitely remember being in situations, like in relationships specifically, where I felt like I deserved for that person to tell me this to my face and you, rah, you know, like just, I just, yeah. yeah. So, but then I started to realize that my closure Became the lessons that I learned from that relationship, no matter what they were, um, whether it was you know something that I had allowed to go on for too long, or you know my own faults in that relationship. Because truly, do we should, do we deserve for somebody to to be kind enough to to you know tell us whatever? I mean, I guess we could say that. But de- being
0: deserving and being owed are completely different things. And we are not owed that. I I agree. It, uh, so my mindset on closure has definitely changed over the years. And for the longest time, I was like, big on closure. But what I've realized, for me, it was, I didn't want to It wasn't something I wanted to hear from the other person. It was something I needed to say to them that I felt like I never got a chance to. So my quest for closure over the years, like, oh, my God, I wrote I wrote several like letters to, you know, boyfriends or ex-boyfriends like Mm -hmm. in that was in, you know, quote unquote, my closure letter. And what I realized then is or what I've realized now is that it's not that I needed to say those things to them. It's more like I needed to say those things To myself, like my closure was always something only I could give me, not, not them. And it took me a long time to realize that. And I came across this um, Instagram post just the other day, actually. It's from JM Storm. And I just loved it. It said, I've learned that waiting for another to give you closure is like waiting for the dead to bury themselves. Do yourself a favor and grab a shovel. And so I think we can and i don't even know where this concept of closure came from like i think it's even like in in you know books and movies and all this stuff but ultimately like we are the ones that provide ourselves closure so if it's something you feel like you need to hear from the other person then i would say you need to ask you know a whole string of of whys into that like why do you need to hear that and then whatever your answer is, why and then whatever answer is why. And and same goes for like if you're like me and it was more like things you wanted to say to the other person because it's probably trying to justify your own actions or your behavior or um, you know, something like about that you feel like you weren't respected and so you've got to say this. But like that all comes down to yourself.
1: Yes. I think you hit the nail on the head, like figuring out your intentions behind needing that closure because i do i think another thing a lot of people they feel like they need to say this to the to the other person because truthfully they're not ready to let go of that relationship yet and so they think that somehow what they're saying is going to get that person to have whatever reaction it is that they want them to have i want you back or i'm i realized i was wrong I, all these things when truthfully that's that's very likely to not happen.
0: <laughs> right. And I read in the book, um, which I love, Return to Love, and she talks about how when a relationship ends in terms of that you aren't actually together anymore, that isn't always the end of the relationship. The relationship continues on really more in our own minds and our own process having to do a lot of the, with these concepts of closure. Like are you actually able – to forgive that person or to forgive yourself, like, but that's all done internally, separate Mm -hmm. from the other person. Yet we want to try and like involve them in that process. And it just isn't necessary. Like I have a friend who after like a whole long relationship and breakup, um, she wrote a closure letter, like I had done many times, but she was just smart enough not to send it. And so instead, she just kept it because it was like, I needed to write it for me like she had the self-awareness and like she needed to write it for her it wasn't a matter of, it wasn't a matter of like the other person reading it because what difference does that really make like if you really want closure you don't need any kind of reaction from the other person because it's closed exactly
1: no I love that um I I think that's such a good idea too. closure letters like we need like a whole thing about closure letters we just need
0: well that's yeah, that the whole thing podcast. Is, like, <laughs> it's so tempting to send them or like nowadays yeah. I guess it's more closure texts. Like yes. it's so tempting to send oh. them when really like you're it's for you. Like maybe we should start like typing them out and then instead just sending them to a friend. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I love that.
1: I I think those are that's such a brilliant thing to do. A clo- but hey, like you said just for yourself, not to ever send it to that person or whatever but just to to get that thought out and to, I, I think it, because when you see it written out like that, kind of like with the journaling, it makes you very self-aware and you see your own part in, in how this, again, how this took place. Again, even if that's, you know, you allowing certain behaviors to, to go on for an extended period of time, whatever that was, you start to see your own patterns and what you need to work on.
0: Exactly. If you put it out on
1: paper, then you can examine it. Yes, I love it. Oh, Well, closure is definitely something I feel like we've all we've all experienced where we, you know, we felt like we didn't quite get what we wanted, but I think I think that is a a pretty good way to handle it. Um So today's prompt because we're recording this on Monday, um I loved this and I I'm curious to hear where where your mind took you with this, um, the the prompt says: According to Albert Einstein, energy cannot be created or destroyed; it can only be changed from one form to another. What does that mean when you apply that to your life?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's where I started to. Um, I don't know. Th- this can get like a little bit woo woo for me. It 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 takes. Um, it's like two different thought processes. So one from like a physical health perspective in terms of like what you're putting into your body and what you're putting onto your body. Like what are you eating? And then like what are the products you're using in terms of body lotion and makeup and you know face serums and all that stuff. Like all of that is affecting your body on like an energetic level. And then now there's all this research about like how our gut, microbiome actually talks a lot more to our brain than vice versa. So how much what we have going on in our body can affect our brain and our hormones and our moods and everything. So from like a purely physical standpoint, to me, it serves as reason to like, take better care of yourself, essentially. Yes, And then on a different level is like the whole concept of you know, the thoughts become things type of thing. And, mm-hmm. um, and we got into this a little bit last week, but like, what, what are your thoughts? And what are your emotions? And if they're very negative and judgmental, and if there's a lot of fear and, and hatred, like, that's an, that's an energy. And mm-hmm. so that has to have some kind of effect somewhere. And like, chances are, it's not going to be a good one because it is so like negative and I just I think we have all these sayings where we're like oh you could feel the tension in the room or oh like you know she's got a good energy or they put out a good vibe and we rarely stop and think about what that what we're actually saying and what that actually means and like the much larger implications of that
1: yes um some I kind of took it with So as a as a person who has a a lot of health issues, and I would consider myself eh, sort of an unwell person. Okay, Um, so I have days like what I've had for the last few days, where basically all of my energy goes into being alive. Okay, but then Mm -hmm. by taking that time to do that, that provides me at a later time (laughs) with the energy to not just be alive, but to live. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, I mean, that's a pretty, I I realize that's a very broad concept, but it kind of goes back to that self care part of things and, and, and taking the time to take care of yourself, using that energy to take care of yourself so that you can give to other people and do the things that you that you want to do. Yes, I I loved this concept uh, <laughs> because it, it it hit right at the right time, right? Because I was I've been I was feeling kind of crappy about the fact that I got nothing done, and then I realized, okay, but by taking this time to recharge, even if it wasn't something that I planned to do, and it was more of my body saying, "No, girl, you need to sit the fuck down." Mm -hmm. it was uh, it's allowing me to have the energy to do my writing workshop
0: this week or to record this podcast with you or whatever right it's like your tank was empty so you have to refuel it if you then want to like fuel the other areas of your life so I, I think kind of that that awareness of our own energy and how different things affect it, whether it be, you know, the weather or, or food or busy weeks of like going, going, going and recognizing, Ooh, okay, I'm feeling a little bit low. What does recharge look like for me? Or how do I, how do I kind of, you know, kickstart myself back up again? And so, you know, for you this weekend, it was like kind of doing nothing and like, really just refueling in that way. Like, for me, I know if I get like, if, if I'm, if I'm eating outside of my normal, like, healthy eating and like drinking a lot, like it's gonna affect like my moods and my energy level, like, Ooh, yeah, IE, like last Thursday, where I just decided to, you know, sleep in for a million hours. And so When that happens, then rather like beat yourself up about it, be like, okay, well, this makes sense because I completely ran myself down and I'm just, I'm low. And so I need to recharge. And like a lot of times recharge for me is, is similar to your weekend. It's like, okay, like I did, you know, the other Sunday is just lay by myself, like not talk to anybody, probably watch some mindless television and just refuel.
1: Absolutely. You make a, a really good point about when you're talking about actually fueling your fueling your body. Um, I have a tendency when I get to where I feel like this, um, I go for the convenience foods, which now, I mean, they're probably healthier than some things I could be eating. But there's also some stuff in there that it's like, it's straight up processed, even if it's not got some of the the extra crappy stuff in it like it's still like it's frozen it's you know it's just not the best stuff for my body but you know i'm i'm tired i don't feel good i don't want to do this but at the same time if i was to take that extra little bit of effort um or you know be like hey hubby can you help me out with this you know i it would help me to feel better because i'm feeling my body with something that's not going to make it feel more like crap um, I would be curious to anybody that's listening, what do you do to recharge your batteries when you realize, okay, I am not, I don't, I'm not operating at, at, you know, my full capacity. I am drained. I'm burnout. out. What, do what do you do to, you know, to, to make yourself feel better, to, to recharge, refill that cup? I'm, I'm very curious. Um, by the way, in light of last week's question that we kind of asked everybody about what makes what makes you happy, we did get uh, a message from Miss Lisa Pizza on Instagram, and she said that her happy is live music, cats, nature, solid relationships with her family and friends, road trips, chocolate and peanut butter, and cheese. <laughs> yes, girl,
0: I feel you on that cheese. <laughs> Those are great answers. Thank you, Lisa.
1: I know, right? I love that. And I feel like you could even kind of pull from some of these kinds of things when you're ready, when you need to re- that recharge, right? Like the things that make you happy are the things that
0: kind of can help to, to you know, refuel you.
1: Um,
0: exactly. I think it all, it always comes down to understanding ourselves and, but we can't understand ourselves if we don't know ourselves and we can't know ourselves if we don't spend any time with ourselves, which overall yes. was kind of the big point of this challenge was to spend a little bit more time with yourself getting to know yourself so you can kind of take better care of yourself whatever that looks like for you and it'll be different for everybody but that's really hard to do or to even know how to do when we're just go 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 focused on Mm -hmm. everything but ourselves like all the time.
1: Well, so now as this challenge is, it is sadly drawing to a little bit of a close. Here, uh, we've got mm-hmm. just a few more days. How do you, how do you feel like you're you're doing now that we're a little bit over halfway through? We're we're coming into the home stretch.
0: Honestly, I feel like by all definitions of the challenge, I've kind of failed at it in most regards. But I'm not going to beat myself up over that. So. Um, Well, but did
1: did you fail in, uh, I think, I feel like, I feel like that's like a strong word to say for that, because you, even if you didn't do everything to the, the, to the degree that you wanted to do it, you've at least become more self-aware about the things that you did that stopped you from doing it, you know, okay, why, you know, and figuring out what you can do in the future to, to, you know, whatever it is, like not having your phone in the, in the car, whatever it is. Right.
0: No, you're right, and I it, fail is a is a strong word, and I I tend to live too far into the extremes, but um, I guess I just it didn't go for me. I didn't put the time into it that I intended to, um, but that kind of ties back to you know we have expectations for things and then there's reality. And sometimes when reality catches up to our expectations, they don't coincide and that's okay. Like there's no point in arguing with reality. It is what it is. But honestly, like I'm, I'm probably most grateful that to you, that you wanted to do this guest residency and kind of talk about the challenge throughout the whole challenge, because these conversations of talking through the, the journal prompts, I would say we're, have been like the most beneficial part of this process for me, because even though I didn't always sit and write out the journal prompts, we talked about a lot of them, which got me thinking about it, which, you know, it's real, this real conversation, which is one of the things I know that I need to be happy. And actually that recharges me. So, Oh, really, no. actually, thank you to you for for having me on consistently on this podcast. Well, girl, it's been
1: so awesome. I've I've loved it, and I think it's well, I, I, like you said, those conversations are these are the kinds of conversations that we need to be having and showing that it's it, it, we're not perfect, and we can present whatever the fuck we want on Instagram and on social media, but that truthfully, at the at the root of it, we are all struggling with our own shit, and. I think that this challenge for me, what it's done is helped me to uh, start to own my own shit. Like, with the the purchases and stuff, like, nothing had gotten through to me before about that. Like, Like, I knew, you know, on the surface that I was making these purchases for this reason, that I would regret them. And so, but at the same time, I wasn't doing anything to stop it. Mm-hmm. So, this has helped me to not just realize what I was doing, but to also take that step back and realize like, okay, I didn't purchase that. And guess what? Like my life like is fine. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> okay, this is good. I can work with this. Um, and just in general, it has made me very self-aware, even though I didn't do as much as what I think I was hoping. Like the the, like working out has been kind of, all over the place and Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing but it's definitely made me more aware of what I need to change in order to achieve those
0: goals and to ultimately just feel better Uh, right and that's and I if I've said it once I've said a million times like that's always the first step is that awareness and and then also just respect and acceptance of your process. Like we're all only going to be ready to make certain changes when we're ready. You can't really force it. So like step one is awareness. And then you eventually reach a point where you make a change. And that's usually only when it becomes too uncomfortable not to make that change. So it's, even though for both of us, it, it doesn't look maybe how we wanted it to, it was still it's still a step in the right direction. Like it's still a step towards like doing the things that we wanted to do. And, and I agree with you that like ultimately it kind of comes down to realizing, all right, we're all dealing with our own shit. Like it looks different for everybody, Mm -hmm. but that's like the one thing we have in common because we all are different. But the one thing we have in common is that we're all dealing with something. And so I think just recognizing that, I hope like gives everyone a little bit more permission to be more real and more vulnerable in like the various relationships in their lives.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I, I, we didn't get any, we didn't, we didn't get a lot of feedback for this episode or, you know, to read this, this episode, but I'm hoping that is because everybody knows that we're about to wrap up uh, next week and uh as hope is is saving it to let us know how you felt at the end of your challenge. So um as you are reflecting, you know uh this week and and early next week, I hope that you'll keep us in mind and let us know how you felt this challenge has helped you. I would love to know how do you feel that you've grown, you know in the last, you know 40 days at that point how do you feel that you've grown how did giving up what you gave up change help to change you in a in a positive way even if you know you didn't do it quite to the extent that you had set out to do it what did that make you aware of about yourself um so that's I'm hoping that people will reach out and let us know and you can do that on social media using hashtag summerforself um you can also call the BFF hotline at 615-266-4338 you can send us a message on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or you can email us, you know, the old fashioned way. Uh, your, your BFF pod. <laughs> That's
0: the new old fashioned.
1: <laughs> it's the new old fashioned. BFF pod at gmail.com. Uh, we want to hear how this has affected you. Um, it is now officially too late to sign up, but don't worry. I have a feeling there's going to be more good things coming. If you want to get involved in another personal growth, uh, type of challenge. I think we might have something for you in the near future.
0: Absolutely. Like I, I definitely want to know how the challenge impacted people, and I also want to know like what, what you guys thought of it in general, like the the format and and just everything about it. This was the first time I had done anything like this, so um, I would love to do. You know, and, and Mel and I have talked about doing similar things in the future. So any kind of feedback, good or bad, I can handle it. I promise. Um, will be helpful in, in in whatever we decide to do moving forward absolutely um,
1: by the way, I know I mentioned that I had a little announcement uh, about how you can become the next guest. BFF resident co host, and that time is now. So, um, if you head over to any of the BFF podcast socials or my socials again, that's at your BFF pod or at Music City Mel you will find a link where you can fill out an application on how to become the next. Resident BFF co-host and this is open to anyone and everyone. If you are a, as long as you are a listener of the podcast, um, we want I want to make sure that we keep it with people that know the format and um, are active in the BFF community. So um, yeah, head over to all the socials and you can fill out an application to become the next resident co-host like Miss Casey but it's going to be sad because I'm going to miss Casey too. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to go I through know. this like morning process every eight weeks when I have, like, when I have somebody, it's like, Oh no,
0: <laughs> this has been I so I know great. I'm going to like, I'm going to have major FOMO. And so every now and then I might just be like, can I come on? <laughs> um, Yes. The
1: answer is always yes.
0: <laughs>
1: so, um, but also I've got some other really exciting things coming up for y'all. Um, some other fun guests that are going to pop in here into Club BFF. So I I, I think we're, we're entering a really fun season here. I feel like this kind of kicked it off of, of the brand new, you know, BFF podcast. So I appreciate you being here to help facilitate that. Yes, I love it. All right. Well. I think we've we've used up our time today, but uh, I'm excited to catch up next week and talk about how we've kind of wrapped up our challenge. Because uh, I think we actually I think day 40 hits on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that kind of that's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. timing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So we'll all be wrapping up right there at the same time. All right, guys, that's it for this week. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Like what you hear? You can download
0: and listen to past and future episodes using Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or online at www.yourbffpodcast.com. Follow the show at YourBFFPod and Mel at Music City Mel on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. For any questions or topic suggestions, email us at YourBFFPod at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for listening.